This is a podcast that covers leadership, relevant hot topics, encouragement, stories, and the future of the church. We're real, raw, relevant, and have a ridiculous amount of fun. Now let's get into today's episode of Unscripted with IMF. Hey, it is so nice to be in our studio today, and I just love being here. It's somewhere. I'm sitting here in the studio today with Josh Brayland and our honored guest, Troy Hillstrom. And uh, Josh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm uh, the current Director of Internal Operations here at IMF and have the honor and privilege to serve our members through the application process and also serve our min- uh, missionaries as well. So, And uh, also help out with the podcast on occasion. Yes, you do the podcast, and you're very good at it, too, from what I hear. Thanks, Ed. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> and across from me is Troy. Now, Troy, I know Troy because Troy works... Uh, with me, he and I work together at Freshwater Community Church, located in Waconia, Minnesota. My other job that I do is pastoring people, and I love it. And I'm going to tell you, about a year ago, a little over a year ago now, we hired Troy to be our director uh, of our technology. And since then, he has gotten licensed with IMF. So now he is our pastor of technology and does a phenomenal job. Uh, putting videos together and uh, working with our teams. He even plays guitar, and I want him to just take a minute and introduce himself to us here today. Troy? Hey there. Glad to be here. Yeah, my name is Troy Hillstrom. Um, and yeah, Creative Arts Director is the technical title. Yeah, I should have had the whole title. Right. I know. It's, it's all good. I'm sorry. Uh, but my background is more in technology, so you're correct there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to Freshwater, which was just last November, uh, I worked at Grace Church for uh, about 14 years, um, and I uh, was the technical director there, so I oversaw the production, sound, video, and lighting. And uh, Grace is a much bigger church, um, uh, but uh, I'm excited to be where I am now and doing more uh, more of a broader uh, scope of things, and mm-hmm. uh, the pastoral side of it being more uh, involved in people's lives and doing life with them, so... It's super cool. And then prior to um, Grace Church, I worked for uh, a guy by the name of Billy Graham, and uh, he had heard a, of him. had a small ministry uh, called <laughs> <laughs> Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, and that that was just awesome to be a part of that. Um, I started in just like your blue collar kind of job, like in shipping and things like that, and uh, was able to go to some crusades. Early on, uh, helping with book tables and driving forklift and things like that. And I, I got to see, uh, man, you know, Billy Graham uh, preaching in a stadium, and it was pretty cool. Um, and later on, I was there for 14 years as well. So I kind of have this pattern. So I hope you're okay with me being at Freshwater for 14 years, because that feels kind of like the, the thing I do. Well, that's a good thing. You know, our paths actually crossed at Billy Graham. Yeah. And we didn't know it. You didn't know me, and I didn't know you. and. That's back when you had a full head of hair, and my hair wasn't gray. Sure. And uh, I worked at the call center. So sure. I would go down there to the call center, and I know we'd walk through the warehouse and get training. And yeah. uh, you were probably at the crusade I was at when he came. I think it was at the Metrodome, wasn't it? Yeah. So the Metrodome was in 96, I believe. Yeah, I was uh, working that one. That one, I wasn't doing the tech stuff yet, um, but I was part of uh, facilities, so I would like – drive people down there. I remember driving, you know, a van of people down there and dropping them off. And then, you know, kind of, that was my role for that part. But uh, yeah, it's wild. Yeah. The old call center uh, in the cafeteria. Well, it was basically our chapel area. 
right. that, that we had there. So right, that was that's a phenomenal time. We're going to actually touch base a little bit because that involves some of the technology. But first, tell us about. I know your wife Amy, and you have two awesome daughters. So yep. tell us a little bit about them. Yeah, we've been married. Amy and I've been married uh, for just over thirty years. Um, I'm fifty one, so got married kind of young, but we waited about nine years before we had kids. My mom said ten. Uh, she thought we should wait 10 years. Wow. Yeah, which I don't know. But then she was like, anytime now, you can go ahead and have grandchildren for me. So uh, we had our daughters, um, and uh, that's when I was working at Billy Graham, and then uh, traveling a lot. And um, yeah, so Vivian and Augie are my mm-hmm. daughters, and uh, they are um, they're both into – they did a lot of production work at Grace. They were camera ops and things like that, too, so – I thought maybe they might, you know, get into the the industry or the field, but uh, one's a cosmetologist and one's a a, a para for um, special needs students. So right. awesome. yeah, yeah, super yeah. cool. Well, they do. You know, you just your kids have to follow their dreams. That's for sure. And you have followed your dream as you've gotten into tech. And so I do know this, and everyone else needs to know it too. Troy. You used to play in a band. Yes. What was the name of that band? So I started in music ministry. And I will say the reason I started music ministry is because I came to faith at a concert. Wow. Tell me a little bit about that. How did you come to faith at a concert? So it was at a church in, I might have been an IMF church, I'm not sure, but, uh, you know, the pastor there. uh, But it was called Church on the Move in Camden, Minnesota. It was like a North Minneapolis area. And my brother was the lay kind of uh, 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 student minister, if you will. He had just come to faith. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, he was doing this concert that was more kind of youthful. And the artist, um, this guy's name is Steve Camp. And I remember his album was called Fire and Ice. And uh, he wasn't like my style of music. Like I was into rock. I was like into mm-hmm. Striper and stuff like that. Um, but he was like more of a keyboard player. But I remember him. I just remember watching the concert. And then at the end, he did an invitation. And I was like, man. I realized, I recognized uh, that I was a sinner, that I was separated from God. And when he did that invitation, I was like down there. I think I ran down to the front of the stage. And so my brother, of course, had just come to faith, you know, earlier that year. And so he was excited to see me do that. And uh, not much longer, I mean, I just started playing guitar. Um, uh, My brother moved out to Aberdeen, South Dakota to go to a Bible school out there. And he met a, a drummer, um, and my brother played bass. And he's like, hey, are you ready to, to do this? And so I started, I mean, I could barely tune my guitar, and I was doing, <laughs> I was, we were writing songs. It was pretty rough. Um, but I was 13 uh, when I started in music ministry. And I did that for a number of years. And that was Shadow Wings was the name of the band. And then my brother Rev, um, Rev Hillstrom, uh, was also licensed through IMF back in the day too. So uh, we did we did that for quite a while. Met Amy, um, and she was our road manager. She was a part of our ministry, and uh, so we she saw the good, the bad, and the ugly. And uh, I will say this: we never really dated. We just were part of the ministry together, mm-hmm. and we were such a small ministry that my brother was very uh, protective and was like, "Hey, you know, we really don't want to play around with this." I pray about it. And if God puts it on your heart, you know, you love Jesus. She loves Jesus. You, you love each other. It's not rocket science, you know, like seal the deal kind of deal. So that's why I think I got married so young too. Mm-hmm. Um, 
course, we took eight, eight, nine years together to kind right. of figure it out before we had kids and stuff. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's how I kind of got into music. Um, and uh, it was in other bands after that, uh, a group called uh, Mr. Crazy, which was more of a grungy kind of okay. thing back when the whole grunge scene is was. A, is this a Christian band or is this a Mr. Bar Crazy? Band or? Yeah. Well, we had a shirt that said, um, or a line in our song that says uh, something about, uh, you may you may call me crazy when I say he is king, and it basically was like in reference to Christ and and how like Mister Crazy was just a name that kind of like ah oh, it kind of works. Nice. So um, can I find that on Spotify? Or no, Apple Tunes absolutely or, okay, not. Okay, that's, that's back on we, the cassette. We've cassettes. buried that one. Okay. Uh, and then my last band was I Die Daily, all one word. Um, okay. And I Die Daily, obviously, you know, dying to yourself and living, you know, living for Christ mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So that was more of a progressive acoustic kind of Dave Matthew-ish, like we were trying to be, I don't know, poppy, but, you know, yeah. Anyway, it's probably more than you want to know, but no, uh, I that's, that's it. I and then that's worship's always been a part of, you know, like just being more on the uh, production side of things, being off the stage and helping mm-hmm. with worship. That's what really I did for Grace. Um, I worked with a guy by the name of Brian Vaughn, for, uh, who's awesome and just a really good mentor to mm-hmm. me. And so. Uh, Learned a lot about um, what I learned more about what worship isn't. So, what is the one thing that keeps you motivated every single week to to do the best that you possibly can in bringing a production uh, forward and in in the context of let's just say a church service where you work now? Well, let me first say I don't believe in perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, I'm not striving for that. I'm striving for excellence. And I think uh, the Bible's clear about anything you do for Christ, you should do full on. Um, and so I think that's, uh, that's my mentality is if it's for Christ, if, if we're doing this for him, then, man, we should, we should just bring it. It shouldn't be. I right. think for, for uh, uh, growing up and watching Christian uh, films and uh, obviously, the bands and things like that. I feel like the Christ, uh, we as Christians tend to be a little behind. Um, and I think it was in the '80s. You know, when you were recording, and it cost hundreds and hundreds of dollars even to buy tape to record. Mm-hmm. You know, we were. It feels like we're always kind of about five years behind on things. Right. And in, in the early church, we were the we were the artists. We were the we, we were the. Um, the People went to the church for culture and for all that things. I, I just think we. But do you think that's changed? I mean, I would agree with you. Back in the '90s, the church was at least 20 years behind when it came to music. Yeah. In uh, and then we had like the Hillsong Revolution in the '90s that came along. Yep. The 2000s. Now we've got you know elevation worship. We've got Hillsong has still got some skin in the game. We've got all of these these big names, and would you agree, or what's your point? I mean, do you think that the Christian music is now a leading uh, on the forefront again compared to just a decade ago? I think, yeah, I think the, the thing that's cool about today is that technology has kind of leveled the playing field. I mean, you can record an album uh, with, with GarageBand. I mean, Billie Eilish, I think she did her whole album with like an app you can just get on your laptop. So, um it's leveled the playing field. Right. Um, and I think we, instead of taking our cue from the world, 
we're being more creative in what we're right. doing and how yeah. we're doing it. I think YouTube has changed that, TikTok. Sure. And there's Instagram, a- all of that. It's it's taken amateur people. Oh, incredibly so. And yeah, now we've got these phenomenal phones that are better than anything that you had on with a professional camera 15 yeah. years ago. Yeah. You know, now we carry it around in our pocket. Yeah, you know, I like 99% of the videos I shoot for the church is with my iPhone. Right. You know, I got a better mic on it because the mic isn't that awesome. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I shoot and edit and I like airdrop it from my phone to my laptop. And, you know, there's certain things you got to work around, like longer clips don't necessarily transfer very well. So like under eight minutes tends, tends to be the, the length okay. of a video. So I'll stop. If I'm interviewing, I'll stop it and restart it and that kind of thing. So so let me, let me just kind of put a stake in the ground here and say. <clears throat> sure. There was worship and technology prior to COVID, and then there's worship and technology post-COVID. And I think it's a defining line in the church world, because pre-COVID, most churches didn't put worship online. They were lucky to put a message online. If so, it was usually just the audio file. Now, a lot of our IMF members are at smaller works. They're significant works, but they're smaller works. We have a number of pastors who pastor larger uh, works and then some are on staff at churches of tens of twenties of thousands, but but for the average person, the average person we know the average church size in our country is like sixty five right now. So so if we speak to the masses, um, a lot of them before COVID didn't put anything online. So so describe the technology world pre COVID. What did it look like from your perspective? Well. I was lucky to be in a church that was doing video production because of the size of the church. Right. right? But I guess I'm looking at the bigger picture, like the church, because you're very in tune with the church world, not just where you worked, but your perspective on the church world pre COVID. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it was um, something people dabbled in. Um, again, my experience at Grace, we were already kind of doing video production and it, it, uh, you know, because of the size of the room, it was already happening in the room. So it wasn't a big stretch to start streaming, um, which we did probably later than some churches our size. Um, but it's, um, I want to say this right. Um, there were, there were some challenges with, uh, even, even our attendance. People were watching it online. We, our attendance was dropping. In person, so pre-COVID, pre this is way before COVID, mm-hmm. um, and there was some question of, well, people are watching online, but they're not coming in person. Should we be doing this? Right. So it was a question of, should we even do technology and use technology? Yeah, and this because, is why we're already still doing it, you right? Because people are not coming now. We know that too. When some churches did go all online. Uh, even pre-COVID, their attendance dramatically dropped because yep. a lot of people love putting on their slippers and sitting in their underwear yep. watching church. International Ministerial Fellowship is a non-denominational organization of nearly 1,500 members. We license, credential, and ordain pastors, parachurch workers, and evangelists. We endorse military and civilian chaplains. We are also a sending agency for missionaries, providing many services including donor communications, accounting, and much, much more. We serve those who serve others in frontline Christian ministries. So for more information, visit our website at imfserves.org. Yeah, another thing that was happening is I think we were counting the people in the room, 
in the main room and not counting people out in our commons area or in our cry area or what, you know. So there was some question of, well, should we be broadcasting this around the church? If we didn't broadcast it, would people come into the church and come mm-hmm. into the right. worship center? And so there was, uh, there was some questions about it. Now, obviously, once COVID hit, it was like, thank goodness we're doing this. And I got a lot of phone calls from a lot of people from other churches were like, help. Right. We have no idea what we're doing. How can we do this? We need to get it up and running this week. Right. So there were a lot of churches that were doing video to some degree. And I mean, Grace Church is a very large church. Sure. Uh, just for, for comparison, that's one of the, I think it is the largest sanctuary by size in the state of Minnesota. Yeah, it's like 4,300 seats. It's 4,300. And in Minnesota, that's huge. I know we're not in Texas. And <laughs> right. South Carolina, they have some monster churches, you know. And But uh, up here for, for Minnesota, that's that's big. So, but let's jump ahead. Let's kind of go through the pandemic when all of a sudden now they say, you can't meet as a church. And churches had to wrestle through that whole thing. I'm not talking the moral or ethical side of it but the technology side of it. So what has really been birthed post-COVID? What changes do you see? And also, what what changes do you think might go away and what ones might stick? Yeah, I, right off the bat, I'll say, and I think I've heard you say this too, I don't think we're going back to normal. So like This is the new normal. Yeah, like this, like people are waiting for, you know, for it to get back. It's... I think you need to embrace what is happening right now. Um, but um, I think what I've seen uh, is people uh, making a connection, doing a better job of making a connection. Like, um, for example, like when you're doing your message, there's often you'll look right at the camera and say, if, and if you're, watch, if you're joining us online, we're glad you're here. When, when people really take the, the initiative to communicate and not forget that there are, in our case, we may have 300 people on a Sunday watching what we're doing um, and, and treating it like a, another congregation mm-hmm. and maybe not another congregation. Like we say, we're one congregation, congregation, both, you know, both here and um, the verbiage is slipping online and in person, online and in person. We're one con- congregation. And so, um, but there are, I've seen more and more where people are using social media, streaming, all that to communicate more. You know, it's, uh, you know, there's still the newsletter or the, you know, the, the weekly kind of newsletter kind of thing that w- w- we even put out. But um, these short little video clips even of just of gratitude, of, of uh, celebrating what, what is happening, what God is doing through our churches um, I see that being used effectively. So, so post COVID, yep. Um, you know, we talked pre COVID. Pre COVID, we weren't doing this. We were not sending out video thank yous and all this and that. Technology just leaped ahead during COVID. Nowadays, Zoom meetings are normal. Back in 2019, hardly anyone knew what Zoom was. Right. If you wanted to go to a Google Meet or uh, anything on Microsoft Teams, people didn't know what that was. And now, it's part of the norm. It's just what we do it's part of our life so so how has this technology um for example if i'm in a church and i know a lot of our our people are listening and they're thinking okay i'm sitting here in my church i have a community of six thousand people and uh, i've got a church of a hundred 
and I want to market. I want to somehow get the word out that we're we're doing a big service that's coming up here in the next month. How would I best do that now in this new reality? I know the old way, mailers, put up a road sign. But now, post-COVID, what's the best way to market uh, to them? I think you... um I think you leverage your people. Um, and I think share, the share, the ability for your congregation to be excited about something your church is doing and sharing that on their social media platforms is a, is a, a brilliant way to do it. Um, you're getting buy-in from your, from your people. Um, and I think that is um, a real easy way to let people know what's happening. So what social media platform? You say social media platforms. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if everyone understands what that means. And let me break it down. It means uh, Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Uh, so what would you say? if I'm Again, I'm that pastor sitting there, and I'm listening to Troy, who, who does this whole tech side. He's got his hands on you know, different marketing things. What platform would you say is the most effective? Tumblr? Right. To kind of build off that, too, every social media platform has, like, a different target audience. Like, with Facebook, that's not really popular with people my age. But How old is your like age? Instagram. I'm 24. So you're 24. And then the younger kids, that's all TikTok, Snapchat, stuff like that. So every group has, every age group has a different social media site that they go to. Yeah, well, and each platform has a kind of different way to communicate. I mean, obviously, TikTok, shorter videos. Um, yeah. I, for me, I'm older, so like Facebook is kind of like I, I don't like what Facebook does from a streaming standpoint to the audio, and uh, I'm not a huge fan of it. But I recognize that a large portion of our church watches us on Facebook, mm-hmm. so we've embraced that. It's like you got to put the paths where the feet where the how's that go again? You got to put your you put your paths where the, the where the where you see people walking, you know. So, right. um, yeah, so. I mean, YouTube obviously is uh, is huge uh, as well. Um, we use uh, Vimeo to host a lot of our videos, and then we were able to send them out to uh, Facebook and um, YouTube, like right from Vimeo. And that's a fr- there, there's different levels of it, um, but depending on how much you're uploading on there, and there's better analytics and things that happen, I think, on Vimeo. Right. So if a church is just starting out and they're just digging into this, I mean, they've sure. Quite honestly, a lot of pastors have haphazardly approached this. Some by accident, some they've had to. Uh, but if, if they were to pick a, a platform and say, okay, from now on, here's where we are going to put everything we have to offer on the weekend or teachings out, what would you say? Would it be Vimeo? Would it be YouTube? Would it be their own web page? Uh, what, what, what would that be? I, I think you need to hit a couple I don't think it's just one, but Vimeo is a good place to host videos to be able to even uh, link to your website. Um, I I do a little bit of YouTubing. I have a couple channels, um, and I know a lot of people that do it, uh, especially if it's more of a conservative uh, channel, aren't really putting all their eggs in the YouTube basket. Now, they put their videos up there, but they also are using other Mm-hmm. Of formats and they have their own web page so they can actually control their right. content. So, what about uh, 
Would would you recommend that people start a Facebook page? In, yes. Oh, or Instagram or for the church, not a personal. Okay, for the church. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would. That's that would make sense. Right. And then, how about TikTok or? I'm not a huge fan of TikTok just because of the Chinese. Uh, I mean, I can go down a rabbit hole with that, but there's, yeah, there's uh, a lot of controversy around that. Right yeah, now. I'm not a fan of TikTok. I actually think it's mind numbing too a little bit, but that's just me. I um, right there with you, brother. Yeah, <laughs> not on it. Yeah, on that boat. I, I think YouTube for me is is. I mean, I watch YouTube like TV. I mean, I'm on like my Apple TV connected to my TV. You know, any smart TV. You know, I'm on that watching. It keeps uh, keeps track of my history too, and I'm able to. Um, you know, I, I just uh, that to me it floats mm-hmm. my boat. Um, I will say I watched a video on. I don't know if you know what a Karen is, but uh, Karens are um, kind of entitled. So that's a new slang term. Yes, it's an urban term that's used to describe someone who's a little bit uptight or thinks that they correct rule the whole road. And they have Kens, they call them, or uh, Darrens. I like Darrens more because it's, it's Karen and I've Darren. I've heard that side of it. Yeah, either. Darrens. So they're just people that are a little more like. There's videos of people just acting poorly, and I watched one. Well, now that's all I've got coming up as recommended. You know, gone are my. Uh, homesteading videos or some of the things that I would normally watch. So I got to like, you know, it's funny how little analytics, especially just one video can like all of a sudden you got all this stuff coming at you, but, but there's a lot, there's a lot of good content out there. I know there's some censorship things being blocked, but I think um, certainly from a search standpoint, if somebody's going to search for your church or search, uh, you want to use all the tags and all the, in the title you want to have, there's, there's good practices. Right. And there's plenty of videos on that about how to make your YouTube channel work right. well. So. so so let me just take this uh, ahead a little bit and say what, uh, out of all of the changes that have been made, Zoom, um, video meetings, virtual meetings, online, online worship, online interaction, chat rooms, stuff like that, what technology do you think is here to stay uh, post-COVID? What technology is here to stay post-COVID? I mean, I think live the the live streaming part is for sure here to stay, you know, um, whether, and, and like we do, we have our, our stream is going to our, our webpage. Mm-hmm. It's going to our app. Um, it's going to, uh, Facebook and YouTube all at the same time. Um, and so I don't, I don't think that's going anywhere. And I think the, the thing I think we need to do and make sure we do well is to put people in the room put people in the church and there's, there's some practices like audio is obviously important, really important. Um, and audio is something that you need to focus a little bit on to make it, you know, we put microphones in the room. So it sounds like you're in the room. We use camera shots that you can see people's heads in it. Uh, you can see the audience, you can see the room because when our goal is they, they say that about people view, uh, of a church, up to six times before they'll actually come and see the church in person. Wow. And so we need to do a good job of putting people in that room so that when they do finally come to the church, like we have a lobby cam that we use, which is kind of unusual. And we have a, a host that actually talks to the streaming audience while the countdown video is going for the people in the room. We're trying to put people in in the space mm-hmm. and go, oh, well, that's what their lobby looks like. Oh, there are mm-hmm. people. People have come back from COVID. Look at that. 
you know, right. and, and, oh, somebody is wearing a mask or somebody, you know, like they, you know, it's just mm-hmm. different, a uh, different way to communicate and show what, um, who you are as a church. Right. And so I don't think that's going anywhere. I think it's here to stay. That's awesome. So what word of encouragement here? I just want to wrap up with this and give you the final thought. What word of encouragement would you give to pastors who are trying to navigate this digital space and navigate all of this technology right now? I would say steer clear of comparison. Oh, um, that's good. Yeah, because I think we're in that age where we just look yeah. at all these other churches and go, well, we're, we're never going right. to be an Eagle Brook or we're never going to be I'm not a- Andy Stanley. I'm not right. Stephen Furtick. I'm not Craig Rochelle. Right. And I would say be you, do you, you know, that whole uh, – and, and be authentic. I mean, you want it to be good. You want the audio to be loud enough. You want – there's certain practices that you need to make happen. But just be authentic. I mean, I know guys that just do – they do a post from their living room. You know, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Hey, this is what the Lord's you know, speaking, putting on my heart." And they, it's like every Thursday night they do a, a, a thing. You know, like, "Hey, come join me. This is what God's saying to me," kind of thing. So it doesn't have to be, man. You're, I just would not. I wouldn't play the comparison game. I would do, mm-hmm. I, and and try to you know learn as much as you can, mm-hmm. leverage the people you have. It's likely you have a young person yeah. in your congregation or in your that can do some of the heavy lifting. You know, I think in the smaller ministries, we feel like we have to do everything. You know, we're like the chief bottle washer, but it really comes down to like using the people and using the resources we have. Don't overspend. Like, I think you can spend tons of money on this and still have something that nobody's going to watch. Right. So like, I would rather watch somebody with their iPhone, you know, whatever phone they have, Doing a live thing, just saying, "Hey, this is something I'm, I'm, it's on my heart." You know, mm-hmm. um, I think that's more authentic. And then you can work on the bumper. You can have the thing on the front end and the little stinger at the end, and you know all those cool things. But just be real and mm-hmm. um, and leverage what you have. Right, right. Well, that's awesome. Thanks, Troy. Troy's been our guest today, talking on ministry technology. Does uh, just, and I enjoy working with Troy because I do at Freshwater Church. We want our listeners to know that if you want to connect with Troy, I'd be happy to connect with you and carry on the conversation. You can reach him at Troy at freshwaterchurch.org, Troy at freshwaterchurch.org. You can follow the link that's going to be in the bio. We'll be happy to get that to you. But Troy, I just want to say thanks for being our guest today. Awesome job. You're a great guy. And uh, I am going to go dig around in the old. Sometime you got to bring me in one of those one of those songs off a of cassette tape. Oh, yes. We're going to be rocking out. Cassette. If we bring you on again, we'll preface the episode with yeah. uh, oh, Have Mr. That crazy as a bumper. Little right. Mr. Crazy. That Thank sounds you. good. That wraps it up for today. My pleasure. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today. If you found value in this episode, be sure to subscribe and share it with others. Don't miss the next one. We release new episodes every first and third Thursday of the month. We serve those who serve others in frontline Christian ministry. So for more information, visit us at imfserves.org.
Thank you for listening today. If you found value in this episode, be sure to subscribe and share it with others. Don't miss the next one. We release new episodes every first and third Thursday of the month. We serve those who serve others in frontline Christian ministry. So for more information, visit us at imfserve.org.